live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and Jennifer Rojas from Next Gen Consulting share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Hey, hey, good, good morning. morning. Good morning. What's happening? <laughs> Coming in hot today. I'm liking the hairdo today. Oh, yeah, I got my little messy bun. Well, because, you know, that's what happens when you're 20 minutes late. Is it? Yeah. We're 20, we're not 20 minutes late. I was 20 minutes behind my schedule, so it was like, oh. guess, no, no hair straightening today. Wow, strolling in 20 minutes late. I like it. Yeah, well, I'm not strolling in, but, <laughs> you know, I have, I'm like, because I run late a lot, so what I try to do is set my time early, knowing that I'm going to need a buffer. But then sometimes I take my buffer and then some, and now I'm, so. and then Tatum was busy. So no, I was all the way, all the way here. I was like, just go with the floss. Just go with the floss. <laughs> like a little pun. Oh my God. So yeah, we've been actually talking about this show for quite a while. Yeah. So um, one of our guests is actually a pediatric dentist and I've always wanted to do a show around pulling teeth because I think it also has something to do with marketing. Like there's definitely some times where you have a client that, I'm just going to say it. It feels like pulling teeth. Yeah. And um, it's not because of it's not a great idea or something's great, but it's just one of those things that whenever we start something new, especially in marketing, it's almost like, is this the right thing? And and it's really one of those things that you have to guide them through. And yeah. I thought, what a great mix to have a dentist, pediatric <laughs> dentist at yeah, that totally. and a marketing genius. Yeah, I know. So, I'm so excited. So we have uh, Veronica Martinez here, who is the owner and you're the dentist at, you have two practices now, correct? I do, yeah. And it's, a, it's Imagine Dental? Uh, children's Dental so, Specialty Group. Oh my Very gosh, close. I just gave we'll, we'll, She's just we'll, changing, we'll she's block, changing we'll your be, marketing we'll right now. That, we'll beat that out later. <laughs> I like Imagine Dentistry. <laughs> I kind of do too. But don't say it again because it's not hers. Sorry, that was totally bad. DBA, DBA. Mar marketing 101. Do not promote other people's stuff. <laughs> I don't think there is one that's out there called Imagine. Stop saying because there is. I looked at <laughs> oh wow so okay, okay. veronica like the say laughing the gas your, just hit. the name of your practices again <laughs> children's dental specialty group but you and you do have two offices two locations nice. yeah. well and ask her how she thought of the name because i think that's brilliant too <laughs> so i also i actually have a a partner um there's another dentist we went to school together and so we sat down we each had a list of about 100 different names we had a bottle of wine and we just crossed out names as we went through. And we're like, all right, this is the one. So it's, it's just funny. a process of elimination. Yeah. <laughs> that's, totally. how, that's how we bonded over, <laughs> over a bottle of wine. Over a bottle of wine. I think a lot of bonding probably happens over that. <laughs> like, we're trouble. totally simpatico. Oh so perfect. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then we have Mike Jones here with us from Resound uh, Marketing and Branding. Or yep. 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 You got um, it. Awesome. Good. I didn't say somebody else's name. No, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> that. We'll hashtag everything, and, and we'll, I will do. We'll, we'll, we'll clean it up. Stop saying it. <laughs> you and your drum. See, drum circle again. Drum circle. Drum circle. Um, 
Uh, and I, yeah, I'm so happy to have you here because I love, I mean, from the first time, I'm trying to think the first time, oh, well, we met, we met kind of on a, like a, we connected on a, like a learning thing, yep. but then talked again. I love what you do. I love mm. how you come at it because speaking of pulling teeth, I think, um, and I know you'll talk about it too, but that idea that coming at branding um, from the story and from the culture mm -hmm. um, and how you do that with your clients and include that as part of like what, what you're doing inside your company is so critical to how your, your voice outside the company yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, the key for us is to knock them out first. It oh, makes pulling the teeth you say a lot knock them out? Yeah, we knock them out. Yeah, I like yeah, it. And then send them to the dentist. And, and then they don't. They don't. <laughs> they, they, they wake don't, up. They wake up with gauze in their mouth. They wake mouth up with a new, a new brand, and it's great. And knock them out. Yeah, you just do that. <laughs> that I think totally I'm done. Should, that should be Anna. Drop the mic. So, yeah. right, you might have to say a little bit more about that. Knock them out. That so was, is that like the impression that you leave with them? Uh, well, it could be. That would be ideal, probably. No. I was thinking, I think, of, I think though, you, literally. I think, mm. I think yeah. you seem like you have a very good, um, although I can imagine, again, as Elisa was saying, sometimes I'm sure you have to kind of mask the, like, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's never. Blue. Is that, you know, <laughs> there's there's do, usually a vision that we have, and then you have to kind of find a little bit of middle ground um, with the owner or the leadership. Yeah. Um, I think it's rare that we come in and we immediately see eye to eye with a client from the from the first moment of concepting. Yeah. Um, well, there has to be some connection to actually get you through the door. So there has to oh, be something absolutely. that, yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I think a lot of that is just our work and our reputation. And um, your, yeah, your method. And, uh, and we, have a, we have a very clear process yeah. for how we, how we get to something. Um, but it's rare that we're not trying to bring someone forward in a direction that maybe they're not yet comfortable with. And um, I use the story of Phil Knight with the Nike logo a lot because I think it speaks so well to a lot of leaders. Um, when that logo was first presented to him, his response to it was, well, I don't love it, <laughs> but I'll learn to. <laughs> and so I use that story a lot because I think that's often the case for anyone who's in leadership, especially if you have ownership in your yeah. company, is you make these big changes and you're like, oh my goodness, this is a huge risk. I don't know if this is going to work. And that's true. Mm -hmm. you, you don't like you, there's no way I can I can sit you down and say we're going to change your name and I guarantee you in 10 years you're going to look back and be like this was one of the best decisions I've ever made I, I'm, I'm very confident right. <laughs> uh, and I have some I have some reasons for why this is going to work in the way that we analyze that name or that logo right. and say this is a really good thing for you to do but there's so much emotion wrapped up in that decision that you know, especially if you've had a business for a little bit, you've, you've kind of put your heart and soul into it. Right. And to make those changes is hard. Um, I like how you mentioned emotion, too, because I think sometimes that actually takes you out of the game. Yep. So if you're thinking about, well, my favorite color is pink, so it's got to yeah. be pink. Yep. But yet your audience is going to be, you know, triggered mostly by red. I mean, there's going to be a bit of a loss. And I know the study that goes behind that. Like, yep. there's just, like, studies after statistics and all this stuff that actually goes into creating a logo, which is fantastic yep. that you mentioned Nike. Yep. Yeah, and, and a lot of our process is designed to make it as objective as possible. And, and recognize that the, the business itself, the owner, the leadership, the culture of the company has influence. Like we don't wanna just throw that out. Mm -hmm. We don't wanna just pick a color because all the customers say they want that color. Mm -hmm. You know, We wouldn't have Apple if, if Steve Jobs just said, oh, we'll only make stuff people want. Right. You know, he's been, he was really clear about that. Um, you know, let's make stuff that people don't even know they want yet. Um, but that's rooted in his culture. 
in the culture that they created at Apple. And so we do a, a very thorough process of finding values, personality, uh, vision, goals, and the big why, the purpose for the company, and then marry that with the audience. So who are they trying to target? Who are they really trying to talk to? And understand where is that intersection of the two so that when you're picking a color, you're designing a logo, or you know, even writing content for a website, it's not this like subjective, well, I don't like that color, I don't like those words, I don't like this, I don't like that. It's, is this right to the brand and is it right for the audience? Yeah. Where right. were you when I started my offices? Yeah. <laughs> I think you just got your own client. I think yeah. you client. Let's go analyze her logo right now. You ready to pull it up? I'm going to move my seat closer. <laughs> we can talk after. <laughs> you actually picked a whale and a baby whale yeah. as your logo, which I thought that's was awesome. adorable. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I do love my, my, uh, my logo. The name, a little long, but you know, that's something we're considering. But the, the logo is great. How did you pick the logo? Um, we just like the relationship. You sat down with the the second bottle. The second bottle. And just started dressing. This is day two. (laughs) Um, no, we, we just, it's a pediatric office. So we like the relationship of a parent or mom or dad with the, with their child. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just what we're all about. It's just the family. So I thought it was like the big fish. <laughs> the like, big fish. you know, like the big whale, like the whale, you want the whale. Like, I don't know. It's like so, so where I go. Well, my partner is actually, his uh, background is zoology. Oh. So he loved, uh, he knows all about different kinds of animals. So the sperm whale was the one that, you know, that he took to. So we're like, well, we can't do a killer well. Yeah. <laughs> not a pediatrics. <laughs> Back to the knock them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a whole different experience yeah. with a killer whale. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. And so he has a background in zoology. What an interesting like a combination of went from zoology to dental. Dentistry. Yep. Yeah. The thing about Dental school, you don't have to have a specific major. Most people do biology or science or mm-hmm. that sort. It's like my major was uh, Spanish with a minor in biology and philosophy. So you can kind of cool. choose whatever you want. You just take whatever courses you need to get into dental school, and and there you have it. You can get into um, dental school. Did yeah. you know that you have, have you always wanted to be a dentist, or was it something that evolved over time? Uh, evolved over time. I, I, my personality is very easygoing. So anything that comes at me, I'm like, that's a great idea. So I started. <laughs> We've had like four businesses since I've known her. <laughs> I started international business, took Japanese. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I took Japanese for a year and a half. I'm like, yeah, not so much. Uh, dated someone that was going to med school. And I'm like, oh, not med school. You know, that's, a, that's a, a lot of time. I had a daughter at that time. I had her when I was a senior in high school. So I felt like I didn't want to put her through so much schooling, you know. Yeah. But who would have known I would have went to dental school and specialized, and I was in school just as much. But um, so wait, so wait, stop right there. Yeah. That's, okay. Okay. Like, oh, so you were just, a single yeah. mama when you were doing all of this. I was. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So that's inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you had your daughter. Your daughter. Yes, daughter. When you were a senior. Yeah, senior and in so high school. and then tried so that was when you started to try to different programs and you were putting yourself through school and whatnot. Yeah, different majors. Wow. Yeah. How did you even have the discipline? Because I, I yeah. like my senior year. Um, I could barely get to class. Like you I can take what I mean? care of myself, yeah. let alone somebody else. But. <laughs> like um, growing growing up, my mom never put a whole lot of pressure on me, so it's just like you know, 
do the best you can and everything's going to turn out. So, I mean, I wasn't planning to have a child as a senior, you know, I was 17, but it happened and I'm like, well, you know, I, we can, we have two, you know, choices. You come to a fork in a road, either I felt like the statistics, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, statistics were most people had a baby and they ended up in the projects and I didn't want that for myself and my daughter, so I decided to go to college. Did you stay in Milwaukee? I did, yeah. I went to Marquette University for years, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you switch majors, you're like, "Eh, not not Japanese. Japanese isn't for me. International No, so that's, so then, but found dentistry and thought this is it. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. Took a course in the summer when I was an undergraduate, loved dentistry, and applied to dental school, and there you have it. I'm amazed. I, every time I go to the dentist, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I could look at people's teeth all day long, and no. the, and and they're never like, I'm I'm the big baby. Like, never oh. mind, never mind, kids. Oh. I'm like, oh god, is there something? <laughs> oh, the sight of blood will take me out. Yeah, the only I I, I joke because I have a brother who's a doctor, my sister's a nurse, and I'm like, the only red liquid I want to see is paint. There's no <laughs> way I could have done it. And Merlot. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can work with that. So did you ever go? Was it ever like? Do you ever get skeeved out like, yeah. no, or you're just like, no, this is awesome. I love helping people. You have to love it. Yeah, I do love helping people, but I almost was taken out of the game when I was in undergrad and I was working in the bookstore and a dental student came up and he had a book on oral pathology. I'm like, oh, what's this? And it had everything that you could like imagine. Be wrong. Yes, totally. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't know about this. <laughs> You're like, maybe I'll go to kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe Japanese international business not so bad. <laughs> did, where, did you always know you wanted to have a discipline in, in uh, pediatrics? or? Pedi- yeah, I love children. My mom was an elementary school teacher for 32 years, so I just grew up in that environment, and I knew that was that's something that, that it, was, it brings so much joy yeah. and fun in life. So I knew I always wanted to do something with helping people and children. So it's a perfect mix. So for both of you, I'd be interested then starting your own businesses. Did you did you work for a practice prior to owning your own practice? I did was in Wisconsin, and I worked for another practice here in Arizona. Okay. And what made you decide you wanted to step out on your own? I just love the way I was taught in residency that I just wanted to bring that to my patients and make patients a priority. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, hey, I want to use the best products that I can possibly and give the best care. And the one way I saw that was starting my own my own um, office. Mm-hmm. And my partner approached me one day. He's like, hey, do you want to start a, a business with me? I was like, let me think about it. Took Where's a couple that days. wine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go out to dinner. And so then uh, we, we started the office together. So cool. And Mike, how about you? Did you work corporate prior to... Yeah, I worked in a couple agencies before starting Resound. Cause, but Resound has been, you guys have been around now for... Nine and a half years. So great. Yeah. Did you always like, I mean, did you like agency? Did you ever work corporate? Like no, I never, I never worked corporate side. Um, no, I, I've always, my experience has always been on the agency side. And so I, I kind of knew like the nuts and bolts of agency life obviously learned a lot in the last nine and a half years stuff mm-hmm. that I probably should have learned <laughs> before starting an agency <laughs> you're like uh, that's why I didn't get a good performance I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like oh this is you know yeah. I, was, I wasn't on the sales side it's a and, whole different thing when you're having to do the business something I probably have I've had to most learn and, and kind of cut my teeth on the 
like owning an agency is how to get the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't on that side when I was in, in, the, ag- in the agencies. What um, made you make the decision to, to step out on your own? Well, in reality, it's in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. I'm third generation entrepreneur. Oh, wow. And uh, I didn't realize that when I started. It was kind of one of those like after the fact you realize like, oh, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I was always going to own my own business. Um, I, I, there's a lot of things. Uh, some of it was just control over the process mm. and the clients and the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was hard working for larger agencies where you're just one small piece of a much larger you know, kind of puzzle and not getting to have more say in, in the process or the strategy for the client. Um, and sometimes, you know, you disagree with the account manager or whoever's setting the strategy with the client and uh, wanting to, to have a little bit more say on that. Um, and working with, you know, more small and medium-sized businesses rather than, you know, big Fortune 500 companies, which at the, the agency I was at prior to, to Resound, that was their primary focus. Um, you know, those are fun. You get huge budgets and you can do some really cool things, but the politics are just so much more... Um, there's a lot more business constraints to the decisions that they can make. Um, and usually you don't get a say at the brand level mm-hmm. like you do with a, a smaller, medium-sized company. And um, So I was like, you know, I've got this burning desire to own something, to, to manage a company and grow it, um, build a brand, really. Um, and, Has it been everything you imagined? Uh, yeah, and, and more. I mean, you know, it's probably had more highs and lows than I ever could have imagined uh, going into it. Um, I'm the kind of guy that just tries to ride the wave that's in front of me the best that I can. And so I think that lends itself well to, um, you know, owning any kind of business, but especially an agency, because it's, it's just a series of waves. And, uh, you know, the goal is, you know, just ride it as long as you can. I, I kind of joke, like, <laughs> if I was, you know, born, born in a different place at a different time, um, I probably would have been a surfer somewhere, you know. There's like, still time. Just, there's, there's still time. It's still, still my still dream. Yeah, Jennifer's getting a I'm beach house soon. I'm waiting for that big earthquake, and you know, we get some beachfront property over well, here. Let's not wait so. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather. Yeah, because uh, that sounds like it's gonna be a bigger mess. That's yeah. <laughs> careful what you wish. Yeah, for. I know. Because yeah. it won't be good beachfront property. No, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. No, uh, and the chaos in between. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Sorry, California. He takes it back. I, I like how you, I like how I like how you said um, you were third generation entrepreneur. Like for those of us who are parents, it like warms my heart. I'm like, oh, my daughter is gonna say I'm, you know, second generation yeah. in my blood, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just how it's gonna be. Well, because your daughter's actually going into the family business, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. So she's uh, taking a year. Off. She graduates next weekend from University of Oklahoma. So I'll be flying down there. Oh, two days. Oh, this weekend. Oh, this my weekend. Um, yeah, so she wants to go into dentistry as well. So she's going to take a year off and then apply for dental school. Nice. Wow. So, so for her, yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's such a funny thing to say, you know, how it all started, too. Like, uh, being a mom at 17 and then to actually see your daughter actually go into the same industry. And, I mean, like, it was an accomplishment for you. But it's just, I can imagine how it is for you to actually see your daughter go through such a, I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. And to stay with it. Yeah, thank you. I know I, I, I got present to that, like, last week. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my daughter's graduating, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, it's, 
it's, it's incredible, you know. Um, it's just been an adventure, definitely. Like riding the waves, teenage daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and it came oh, yeah, from yeah, a choice. Speaking of, yeah. speaking like of it, riding it as fast as, just as well as you can. Man. <laughs> it starts with that choice, though. Like you made a commitment, not only like a choice, but it was a commitment to see that through. So I just, I mean, like I have the pleasure of being friends with you, but just like the fact that that's, the person you are like there's just a high integrity when it comes to being around you so just commend you for that uh, thank you yeah thank Aww. you and congrats Ooh, thank you <laughs> i was already warm now i'm really <laughs> <laughs> how long have you had your own practice going on three and a half years okay so she your daughter she was she was already in college by the time i mean were you was she kind of transitioning yeah. to college and that's when you started yep she started uh she yeah, ever, she was a freshman, and that's when I started. Did she ever come in? And yeah. So I guess she must have had kind of a love for it, too. Yeah, she does. She's like, she, I can't wait to put my hands in people's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up those that's teeth. That's the goal. <laughs> Clean up those teeth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she does. When she's on vacation, she'll come in and do sterile and help out. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. That's really I mean, cool. It's going to be fun. Does she talk about wanting to, will she join you? Do you guys ever talk you, about that? Or? You know, that would be great if she wants to come back to Arizona, but it's, it's, I leave it up to her. You know, it's her life at the end, and if she, wherever she wants to end up, I'll just help her start a practice wherever she is. Yeah. So it'd be great to have her here, but, you know, I get, you know, it's a, it's a big world out there. And for sure. Whatever she like. What's she going to do for her year off? Is she going to go explore some of that big world? Yeah, you know, she's she's traveled a lot. Like, she's been fortunate. She's gone to Africa three times. She spent a summer in Bali with her roommates. Um, so she's kind of like, you know, Mom, I've kind of done that. She's been in Panama for mission trips. So she's kind of just figuring it out right now. And she's like, It's the hey, way to do it, yeah. I think. You know, do that stuff when you're young. Oh, totally. Rather than wait. Like, that's awesome. Or just never stop. Never stop. That's an even better idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's all misty eyed over there I know I'm like oh. <laughs> I lost her <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Bali right now I'm like oh yeah Bali that sounds awesome <laughs> oh my gosh yeah just don't stop I like that just don't stop <laughs> but it must be hard by balancing that kind of stuff for you for both of you too you know how is it trying to balance kind of that work and life and I mean I know as a business owner it can be all consuming where it's hard to shut off sometimes and give yourself that space how have you found ways to or have you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Balance. It's a practice. It is a practice. Um, recently, we changed our hours. Our hours at the office are 7 to 4, and that was to create balance as well. Uh, so we have a little bit extra time. We used to work six days a week, so now we're cutting back on Saturdays. Um, you know, now I found uh, just spending time with friends, like opening my community, mm. um, just doing stuff that I love, if it's outdoor, you know, hiking or biking, any anything that I love. And it, it always involves other people as well. Mm. And so that that just brings me peace and balance. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I guess that is true. Get outdoors and make connections. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Yeah, I think that's something I'm still, still trying to figure out. Um, early on in the business, uh, I put in a lot of hours. And I think that that helped in some ways because I think it kickstarted us, but it also taught me and my wife like, okay, we need to start making boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried really hard to, to kind of set some boundaries of like when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm home, I'm home and be present in that moment. 
Uh, it's still a struggle, you know, that, that iPhone's always like right there and you just, you want to pick it up and check your email and stuff. But Do you have a day that it stays off? So, uh, no, I haven't gotten to the point where like I turn it off, but mm -hmm. I definitely like do not disturb goes on every night. Right. And, uh, you know, I try, I try really hard to make, you know, when I'm, once I'm home in the evening, uh, when the kids are awake, like it's their time mm -hmm. and try to spend as much time with them in the evening and on the weekends, um, and, you know, I used to put in hours, nights and weekends and, you know, pull all nighters and oh, all that boy. stuff. And thankfully, I've got a team now and and that's not as necessary anymore. And so I, I don't know. I think some of it's just naturally like as the business has grown, um, you kind of learn where these boundaries are and what's what's reasonable. Because mm -hmm. at some level, yeah, like the buck stops with you as the owner and you can't like totally turn off completely nights and weekends but you can definitely set some boundaries and say look there's only certain things i'm going to respond to you and you know i really try I, I one thing i've learned like this was a couple of years ago i learned like i cannot check email after about nine o'clock at night like otherwise you're on it's well i'll be on end. my brain will be on yeah you know mm -hmm. and i won't sleep i'll have some email that i saw from you know some employee or client or something that you know something's wrong there's a fire or there's some emotion right we talked mm -hmm. about that um, and that's great. That's fine. Um, but I don't need to be thinking about that at 10 o'clock at night um, and losing sleep over that. So I love how you said there's a fire because I had a, a boss one time, like got a phone call and all I can hear on the other end of well, his end, did you call 911? <laughs> like, I was like, um, that's brilliant. But um, we're actually going to take a break and we get back. Definitely want to discuss more about the family dynamic and the importance of flossing. We're going to yeah. be right back. <laughs> The saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, build a team. If you're ready to take your company to the next level, but aren't sure how to find the best candidates, NextGen HR Consulting can help. NextGen specializes in social recruiting strategies, talent engagement, and direct hire searches so you can get the right people in the right place at the right time. NextGen HR Consulting. Discover, engage, and grow. Did you know that women-owned businesses represent one of the fastest-growing segments in the U.S. economy? At Harahub, we've designed a co-working space and business accelerator where entrepreneurial women can create and collaborate in a professional, productive, spa-like environment. We provide members with connections to other business experts, access to educational workshops, and visibility within the community, giving them the support they need to be prosperous. Register for a tour today at harahub.com backslash phoenix. Harahub. Collaborate. Connect and thrive oh that's funny <laughs> welcome back to marketing money mindset the place where clever marketing creating money and the conscious mindset intersect with your hosts elisa sparks lane and jennifer rojas all right welcome back all right so we're just actually talking about a campaign that we were working on and it looks like we had some miscommunication so um, when in business, how important is communication? And I'm talking about family and business partners and all that great stuff. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, setting expectations is critical <laughs> with all those people. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's certainly something I've had to learn the hard way many times over. How do you, so that's a good like segue into how do you how does your process work? How are you communicating with clients, and what's yeah. the difference in your methodology when you go in to do a branding exercise? Yeah, so I mean, part of that comes from like we do a lot of education before we ever ink a deal with a client, um, both through our own marketing. I, I really look at our marketing is really all about education um, at a high level and really educating them as to like why brand matters, why it's important. Um, and then obviously getting into our process and how we approach things. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not drastically different than a lot of you know, brand consultants or brand agencies. You, know, you come in, you do the discovery, you really try to learn and understand as much as you can about the client. And um, we have some tools for that. We do a, a full day workshop with every client um, and that's kind of the initial process. What's a full day? So it's eight hours with us Yikes. Um, and we work through, we've got, I think, four or five modules that we work through with them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it's us facilitating work that they do to uncover kind of the, the, con the concepts behind their brand. Like what so are they like what's working, what's not working, kind yeah, of figuring it out. Yeah, some of that. Um, also like what are your values? Mm -hmm. Where are you approaching your perspective on business? Uh, what are the beliefs that you hold really high within your business? Uh, what's the personality that you bring to the table? As Do a you company? find that this is easy with clients, or is this sometimes something that they're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to even aware of what our mission is"? Yeah, uh, it depends on the client. It really does. I, you know, we've we've worked with a really wide range of clients. Some of them come in and they think they've got a pretty solid mission and vision, and we're just there to help kind of refine it and communicate it a little bit better. Some of them walk in and they're like, you know, I'm just starting this business, and Sometimes the answer to the question of well, why did you start is to make some money and put food on the table mm -hmm. for my family. And you're like, great, that's a great place to start. Let's dig deeper because there's got to be more to it than that. There has to be right? more to like, it. There's, there's always more to it than that. Mm -hmm. um, and usually there's a passion behind it. And yeah. that's what we're really trying to uncover is like, what is that core passion that either got them started or is getting them started in this moment? And how do we define that really simply? Um, how do we communicate that in the simplest terms possible? So we work through values, personality traits. Um, there's a module on brand story, which mm. is to help them communicate in like two to three sentences, kind of their big why. Why do they exist? Who are they trying to help? Um, there's a segment on, on audience. We work on who's our audience, what are the different segments. Like it's a little bit more, more marketing heavy. Um, mm. And then the last piece that we have is, is kind of a brand pitch, which is like a 15 second like elevator pitch. Um, kind of boil your brand down to a single sentence. Nice. So um, that's the core of our workshop. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So the, if you were going to boil all of our, you could do 15 seconds for each of us. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they walk out with the 15 seconds. the eight hour day in two minutes. For example. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but that's a nice comprehensive kind of well-rounded yeah. you know, collateral they get or yeah, so article they, they get. Yeah, so they walk out with kind of all of these these assets for their brand, and then nine times out of ten, we're well, we're working those into deliverables mm -hmm. like their website or collateral. Mm -hmm. um, do they get the importance of creating a day like that? Most of them do by the time we're having that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't, that's actually a really good qualifier for us that they're just that's not going to be a good client if they're not willing to put in that work. Sure. And, and you, we have different ways of of chopping that up. We've we've done it with a few clients where we actually chop it into two days. We do two half days. Um, that works really well for smaller businesses where the owner is, is very highly in the day-to-day -day operations. So taking them out could be... They can't take a yeah. full uh -huh. day. Or if they need to bring in... We, we encourage them to bring in other people from their team 
Um, it really should be your leadership that's mm -hmm. in there. And if you've got like a, you know, a core number two or someone that's really day-to-day -day operations, you know, alongside the owner um, or, you know, another owner, then we want them in that, in that workshop. Mm -hmm. So we try to be flexible um, in terms of how we deliver, but typically it's a full day or two half days. Mm -hmm. um, and we can spread that out over, you know, if we split it up a couple of weeks. Um, bigger clients that we work with, we'll do a, an extra step after that workshop, we'll do validation. Um, if you've been in business for a long time, like we did a rebrand for Henry and Horn, which is a accounting firm here in town, one of the largest in the state what of Arizona. What a great name. Um, Henry and Horn? Yeah. Henry and Horn. Just remember that. They've been around over 60 years, and we came in and did a rebrand a couple of years for them, uh, a couple of years ago for them. And for them, doing the workshop with their leadership, um, they're so big. They've got so many clients. They've got three offices in the state across two different counties. Um, there's no way a small leadership team can really know everything about how their customers sure. perceive the business, how the employees <laughs> perceive the business and the brand. And so we did an additional validation step where we actually go and interview employees and customers of them. Um, we do surveys out to all their employees and their customers and try to gather additional data so that the findings in that workshop aren't just assumptions, but now we're, we're backing them up with legit data. For small businesses, that's often like, well, you're so close to the, to the customers in the day-to-day -day work that usually you've got a pretty, pretty good, good gut, gut feel for, you know, for them and then also for the culture that you're trying to build. Um, and that's a lot of what we're really working on is, is culture. Um, mm -hmm. In my mind, like brand is really just an extension of your culture. Mm -hmm. If you've got a really, you know, powerful culture that you're developing in-house, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ooze out. It's gonna, you're going to exude that culture. Mm -hmm. And that really is, it's really just the work that it requires to communicate that well that we would call branding. You know, logos, names, taglines, content on your website, all that stuff, all that kind of those marketing pieces, if they're backed up by really like an authentic culture that resonates with those things that you're saying, you're not just saying stuff, but you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. um, customers are really going to be drawn to that. Have you ever had to go in and, and, and there's been a misalignment? Yep. So you, you think you're a certain way. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, I'd say. How, how hard is that conversation? Or is it uh, usually pretty much like, okay, well, let's just figure out how to dial it in. So the first thing is to recognize that, yes, it's an aspiration. So that's the first step. And that usually is, comes through that validation step um, where we're saying, hey, you said this, but we're not seeing that backed up by data from your employees and your customers. And so when, that, when we bring the data, that makes it a little bit more objective, that they can kind of go, okay, it's not just you guys saying that. The actual employees and customers are saying this. They're not seeing the same thing that we're seeing. And so then we say, we, we kind of give them two choices. We go, you can either say, this is something that is just not true, and so let's ditch it. Let's not be something we're not. And we encourage them to always consider that as an option. Or alternatively, the other option is, okay, this is aspirational. This is something you want to be, but you are not yet. What are the steps that we can, we can help you with, and what are the steps you need to take internally to make this something that in three years is not aspirational anymore? And we'll usually throw out some ideas, and we'll try to challenge them a little bit of, like, this is going to be hard, right? You don't, you don't come to the table and say, I want to be a company built on relationships, if that's aspirational, it's not being proven in day-to-day -day work, um, and, and say, well, you know, well, we just hope that it'll happen. 
as it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It will not happen. And so you kind of have to go, what are these big things, these big rocks that we can take and we can tackle that will move you significantly towards that? Ideally, you want to see something mm-hmm. inside the culture that kind of says, well, some of your company is doing this or some of your customers are feeling this attribute or this concept. Um, if there's just nowhere in the picture, my recommendation is usually like, well, that's just not you. Um, I don't know where that came from. Maybe you looked at a competitor. Maybe you have <laughs> someone outside the business who's trying to tell you that you need to be more like this. Maybe there's a really strong voice that's not right in the company yeah. who's saying, hey, we really need to be this thing. And, and you really need to go, well, is this really us? The longer you've been in business, the harder it is to change that too. Right. And so if you come in and it's like, well, we've been doing this 20 years and we want to be this thing. Well, that's going to be really hard. Yeah. Are you willing to take the steps and, and really make significant strides and really put in the work to do it? And if the answer is, well, no, not really, yeah. then I would say don't do it. Don't try to be something you're not. You um, see that a lot in, in tech companies. You know, everybody oh, yeah. wants to be the, the Apple of whatever. They want yeah. to be the Amazon or the Uber. You know, it's like... Be yourself. It's, it's a whole different thing, you know, yep. like you it, and maybe using that as kind of a starting foundation. Yeah. Um, and we have a we have more. a kind of our tagline is is you're remarkable. Right. And, and that's not just a aspirational phrase. We actually believe that every person is remarkable intrinsically and every company, because it's made of people, is remarkable. The challenge is most of us don't act like it. And so our job is to come in and help these companies or leverage what realize you are remarkable. Right. What are the real things here that make That's you right. remarkable? And what we're not great word. We're just no, uncovering. No, we're just finding it's what's like already there. It's almost like he's a marketing guy. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. No, it's funny because it reminds me. I don't. I don't know how you got the word. Like that's funny, but it triggers uh, a memory from like when I was a kid and the little rascals. Mm. I remember there was one episode that one of the kids, I guess, learned the word, and all he kept saying was remarkable, <laughs> remarkable, awesome. remarkable. So I may word. have to look it up. Yeah. But it's such a beautiful space to be because I think we all are at a natural state remarkable, and yep. if you hone into what that really is yeah. like you'll be successful because right. it won't be something that you're forcing yep. or you know trying to knock people out with yep. um <laughs> and like coming from that authentic space is what we're all about these days like there is nothing that we need to force anymore yep. and you can't you know the reality is we live in a world now where information is just everywhere the data is all there and so when when a company doesn't act according to right. its authentic self you see it uh you'll get caught yeah. You know, becomes and, manipulation at one point and yeah. people get to the point where they're like, I'd rather not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always throw out the example of Volkswagen, you know, three years ago, they set a this big, hairy, audacious goal that they set for their company. Let's beat Toyota. Let's be the largest car company in the world. But they didn't set parameters to that. They didn't say these are the values by which we operate and we do not negotiate on those. Mm-hmm. So while we chase our vision, we always do that from the foundation of these values. They instead just set the vision mm-hmm. and let their company run wild. And what happened? Well, in 2015, they got caught having lied about how their diesel emissions actually worked. They, they had built chips in their diesel cars that lied to emissions testers, that faked out emissions testing equipment as to how much right. it was actually emitting. Um, because the reality is they were trying to build this vision of being the largest car company in the world while also maintaining diesel Mm -hmm. as a major component of their business when diesel there is no physical way to make diesel that efficient um, from an emission standpoint there's just it's not possible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, now diesel is I mean they got caught 
they definitely took a few steps back. They're back now, actually. They're, they're the largest car company in the world. Again, they've sold more cars than any other company, um, which I would say gives kudos to the underlying, like, there is a set of values somewhere in that company. Well, sometimes it takes some cleanup, you know. It not, took some cleanup. Yeah, it, it takes they, it. They took a huge stock yeah. hit, and their diesel, the diesel side of their business is gone. Yeah. I mean, every single diesel plant in the U.S. is gone. They pulled all diesel. They do not sell diesel in the U.S. They still sell a little bit in in Europe, um, but even there, like it took a huge hit. And all those people are out of. They, they don't work there anymore. Right. Um, and so, like, I look at that and I kind of use that as like a good a good test model of like when you don't operate from values first, your authentic core, and you instead just set great. Great, hairy, audacious goals, right? That's fine. Go do those big things, but they have to be based on a foundation of values yeah. that are true to who you are. Yeah. Veronica, how have you guys set your marketing? I mean, because you've grown, and that's another thing I want to talk to you guys. Both of you have grown your companies, right? And you've seen some great, I mean, two offices in three and a half years. That's quite something. I, I imagine as you were like, you know, opened your first one, or did you open two to begin with? We opened one, and then we had an opportunity to open a second one within six months. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a little risky. So you're just, it's risky business. <laughs> you're like, the waves are either going to knock me off the board, yeah. or this is going to be the best ride ever. Yeah, lots of sleepless nights Yeah, 12-hour days plus. Yeah. yeah. So then did, how does your marketing plan for, for yourself look? How do you guys go about? Wow. Look? We knew really nothing about marketing we probably know a little bit more than she nothing says that but now. it's so not true no it's <laughs> so good <laughs> um so we did a lot of grassroots yeah like we just i mean we there's many days no patience so we just get out there in the community introducing ourselves see and that's Lots marketing of- like that's the funny <laughs> part like most people don't even realize that they are marketing because i think marketing is always available like it's always present yeah. Like to think that we're not market, like just look around the room, like just wherever you are, just look around and see what you're marketed. Yeah. You're never not marketed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now we're putting a little structure behind that and we do school presentations and, uh, you know, oh. we're involved in mom's groups and, you know, getting back in the social media world and. And your giant um, toothbrush. We have a giant a ginormous yeah. toothbrush yeah. in the office. I love that toothbrush. I'm going to steal it one day. Yeah. <laughs> I just want it. <laughs> I have these things for tiny things and giant things. Yeah. Can't explain it. Yeah. Extremes. Those are extremes. I like extremes. Yeah, yeah. So you're still, so a lot of your marketing is still, it sounds like very community-based and social-based. Yes. Grassroots is a good way to look at it. Yes. And that feels comfortable. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. It does, especially coming from dentistry, probably even medical background, you don't really learn those things in school. They teach you mostly all about teeth. And then I remember there was one class Friday mornings at 9 a.m. when we're all exhausted and they talk about business. And we're like, <laughs> oh, what was that class? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's kind of, we just kind of go as, you know, learn as we go. And and uh, now we're at the point where we're growing and, and we want we want a little bit more structure behind it. Yeah. And, how what your differentiator because you mentioned when you when you left working for another practice starting your own it was because you wanted to be able to do it do it bring what you had brought or bring what you had learned and then also you know be able to use the products you wanted to use so what are the differentiators or how did you set your business up so it is different um, when people come with come 
to visit you. Gosh, I don't. And sit in that chair that makes yeah. me sweat. I sweat. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I, I you know actually, at, at her office, it's pretty fun. She does movies. That's <laughs> awesome. I got marketed awesome. to the whole time. It was that, fantastic. That is good. I'm I didn't even know where it was. You know what? Maybe those weighted blankets. Because I always feel a little bit like, it would be nice to feel secure. So you don't get away. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm not, I don't try to get away, but it is. I'm white knuckled the whole time. Anyway, oh go God. ahead. Enough about me and my phobia. <laughs> your differentiator yeah. and how you're how you tried to set the set the make that make a difference or make a change. I guess it's just what we look at what we provide, and it's really just from the heart. Like we really, really love what we do. And we really want an amazing experience for children and families that it wasn't really looking at, I guess you could say our competitors or other offices and like, what are they doing? Let's just do this better. We just do what we do and it's, it's just what we love and mm -hmm. that's where it's coming from. Do you find it hard sometimes to balance giving, you know, practicing from the heart and doing the right thing for the patients, but then also having to navigate insurance and claims and all that kind of different stuff. Yeah, that's why I have a front office staff. No. <laughs> You're like, no, no I'm not talking about it. That's brilliant. See, that's a business owner. Like, realizing you I don't have to do it all. Heart, and somebody else has to have the crowning She can't pull teeth and write the bill. <laughs> like, she just can't. It's impossible. Um, no, but seriously, I, I give my recommendations, and I'm just honest and straight. And I, I direct them to the front, and they know, the front office girls, they know all about the insurance and mm -hmm. what's covered and what's not. And then the parents have a choice to make at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I kind of put it in their hands. You know, I give my recommendations, one, two, three. And uh, then it, it goes from there, you mm -hmm. know. And ultimately, it's their, it's their choice. Yeah. I think, that, yeah, I think in this, in this environment, though, you know, that must be, it's hard. Because you have, you're kind of, you do have to be aware of, of, of the different things, and I don't know that the structure of the system is set up to be very heartfelt, yeah. <laughs> right? So, uh, I think keeping that focus, that would be a difference. Yeah. Rather well, than and you're dealing like with number. two patients. I mean, you're talking to the family member, you know, the parent and the child. Like, oh, yeah. there's a, there's an interesting dynamic. Like, you, you definitely want to win the child over, so to speak, yeah. and you also want to have trust and, you know. From the parent as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. So there's, yeah, definitely two different audiences that we speak to. Um, and how young do you start with clients? Um, I think two months is the youngest I've oh. seen. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? No, two I months. can't even imagine. I'm going to talk to my mom yeah. and see when the first time I went to the dentist <laughs> was. Yeah. Two months. Yeah, what, what, what did, did yeah. Mike's like, I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for mine. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Yeah, on average, about one year old. So we recommend bringing children by one year old. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mara took forever to get her teeth. I mean, she must have been... We used to call her a little old lady because she, she was probably two and she just was total gums. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Like, it was just gummy. And then she got shark teeth, you know, so they came in late and then the other one, ugh, her mouth was poor thing. <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, but it was, it, you know, it was interesting, something we didn't really think about because I never had those problems until I had braces. But it was, we had a nice, we had a good pediatric dentist who walked us through and, you know, kind of planned things out without having to do too much pulling and, you know, letting the mouth kind of move the way it needed to move with some, some different appliance appliances versus yeah. just going in and 
you know, knocking them out, right? knocking them yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a nice, I, I mean, I thought it was a nice approach and cause I know they're little mouths. Yeah. So. And we just make it fun. We just try to like, we have TVs yeah. on the ceilings and that's the cool thing about kids. You, they just accept you for how you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come in, you know, just however being silly or not. And they're just, they're just great. Yeah. You know, that's, it's fun every day. And they're so unpredictable. Do you they're, find that they're nervous or the parents nervous? I think, oh. I think it's more the parents. I was just gonna say I I, think, I, I'm not allowed to go into the dentist. Office. Yeah, I'm not I, joking. I, they have told me I can't go in with her. I, they would prefer that I don't go to the office at all. That's what they would prefer. That Jose, just drop that, her off at the clinic. No, <laughs> you know, have Jose bring her in. <laughs> and if I must be there, I am not allowed to go back with her anymore because wow. I was, I was. They're like, she's fine, but when you're there, <laughs> sitting in the corner, like, <laughs> tra- transferring all your weird anxiety. But anyway, so it's yeah, so I think great. it's the parents. Yeah. It's totally. Yeah, I'm used to it now, but we do have, we call it a silent observer. And so parents can, <laughs> know, behind a glass wall. <laughs> you One can way see her on a, a video. That's brilliant. They sit in the Seriously. corner. Seriously, a, a parent's lounge. Now, if they had put me in a corner with a wow. video where I could see her and a glass of, Ice tea, even just choice chill, drinks. Chill, chill out. <laughs> Long Island iced tea. But that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's an extension to the business right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a bar wow. and dentist room. No, we can't call it a bar because I think we'll like lose something. Lounge. Yeah. A lounge. A, gen- a, a dental like lounge. Yeah. Dental yeah, that would be the problem. They're like, are your kids here? No. The <laughs> relaxation lounge. Just to come in and grab a drink. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll get kids soon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you might have to stay open a little bit you longer. I <laughs> <laughs> have to change those hours. <laughs> I, think, I think Bob will be okay with this. I think, I think so. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to, it's how we pitch it. Yeah. It's how just, we pitch it. It's right next door. Happy See? hour pricing. Yeah. And then you, you, subtle hints. Yeah. Subtle hints. Doorway. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> The pathway. I'm in a room with marketers. See? Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> She's like, so I've got some good news, Bob, and I've got some bad news. More like a room of people who enjoy a good drink. Yeah. yeah. We'll find a way. That would make it easier. I might be wow. So from a growth perspective, though, for both of you, so you had to grow, make a decision to grow in six months. Yes. And so what did that do to your team? How many people did you, like, how many people did you start with, and then how many people did you absorb? We started with two other people, a front desk and an assistant. Uh, now we're up to, I believe we're up to about eight staff members, and we're looking to hire more. Cool. And we're at, when we're at one office, the other one's not open. We're going okay. back and forth. But after probably the beginning of 2019, then both the offices will be up and running. Wow. So then we'll, we'll definitely need more staff members. Very cool. To get it going. So you're just running. You're just like, we're just gonna make this happen. There's no, yeah. there's no failing. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's me. I'm like, let's go. That's right. Let's go right now. <laughs> Mom said. Mom said, if I just do it, it'll all work out. Yeah. And what's your yeah. website, Veronica? My okay. website. Yeah. It's uh, childrenspluraldental.com. Children's with a S. Dental.com. Awesome. And it's a great website, by the way. I have to give you some definitely props. It's really you. fun to look at. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did an excellent job. Yeah. See how they Mike, said, oh. she said they did. I ah. love that because most people, <laughs> and you might know this, Mike, attempt it on their own. Oh, yeah. Oh, like websites? Yeah. 
Oh. Do you find that a lot? Like sometimes they've done their own work and then they come to you like, please, please help. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, there's, I, I struggle with this because on one hand it's like, yeah, we're, we're an agency and we, we do websites and we want them to have a really good website. But I also get like when you're bootstrapping a business, sometimes you just need to start with stuff that you can do. Yeah. And so like, you know, if I have friends that come to me and they're asking me like, hey, I'm going to start this business on the side and um, well, I'm just going to bootstrap it. I'm not going to have any like funding or anything like that. And I'm just going to take, you know, build it one client at a time. I'm like, that's awesome. You should totally do that. Here's the things that I can help you work on that are like really, really important, like kind of those conceptual brand things. The rest of it's like, well, you know, you can you can scrape together an okay one-page website on Squarespace. Um, will it last you very long? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. Um, if if it's something that's a little bit more serious, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm jumping ship for my day job. I'm going full throttle. Maybe they've got, you know, some customers, or it depends on the business. Um, you know, if they're going into dentistry, it's like from day one, like you got to have. I assume you guys had some kind of funding up front because I mean you opened with an office and you had two staff. Insurance, uh, yeah. Insurance, like <laughs> equipment. That alone will like get that you. Equipment isn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when I think there is like a level of like, yeah, you should probably invest in some of those like initial marketing deliverables up front and make sure that you're starting on the right foot mm -hmm. because your your like ability to like kind of maneuver yeah. is a lot less mm -hmm. so if you're starting like the woven boot business you can yeah. start it on your woven, own yeah woven i just thought woven i think it's perfect for the boot I like house it. i like it that's <laughs> that's next it, door I think to the other that's comfy. on the other side of the, the I know. I just it's love the new that's thing what, that's what came out of your head was woven boot business that's it <laughs> yeah. trademark it's brilliant <laughs> We're going to talk, Mike. We're going to talk. <laughs> yeah. so, Mike, you, know. you too have grown, though, quite a bit. I mean, so yeah. you initially started pretty much on your own. Pretty much on my own. I, I did have two business partners that were kind of part-time in the business with me when we first, very first started. Um, I was the first to jump full-time. Yeah. Um, and uh, only one of the three business partners that's that's been full-time in the business. And we've now got, I think, six employees. That's fantastic. Um, and where can we find you? Resoundcreative.com. Cool. It's a tough one. Um, no, it's a great name. I love that. Yeah. One. Works in a lot of ways. I think we're always trying to kind of figure out, like, do we want to grow more or do we kind of like it small? Uh, there's some definite advantages to staying small and nimble. and Yeah. Um, you know, growth in the agency world yeah, adds especially in agency. some serious challenges. Mm -hmm. um, you start having to really say yes to things that you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I can be picky <laughs> right, right now. now. Yeah. Fairly picky about clients that we take on. And, and I think there's some real benefit to that. We get to work with clients we really enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a mentor early on who said you should never, you should never market as a marketer. You should never market a product or service that you wouldn't buy yourself. Yeah. And mm. I think when you grow as an agency, you need to kind of throw that adage out the window. Mm -hmm. Might and have to think about my woven boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I've got a picture in my head and I'm like, look, Ugg, Depends on the color. For the, that's what an Ugg is. An Ugg is those, those woven, woven boots that Ugg sells Ooh, for. No, I was thinking something else, but oh. um, we're going to have to wait for that. Um, okay. We're actually going to head out, but definitely what a great show to actually so take great. some notes on yeah. and to really just get, you know, 
get to what you're really made for. Because mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's almost like marriage. Mm-hmm. You better know what you're getting into <laughs> and have commitment. So with and that authenticity. Oh, yeah. Or anticipation. But maybe that helps. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks so much. We'll you guys see you guys next week. Show. Have a great Thank week. Thank you. Bye.